Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Next Stage. This week, me and Tyler had the great pleasure of calling up Matteo Jorgensen. This kid is so young, but yet so mature and so wise. It was such a great conversation hearing him talk about, you know, the challenges he saw and how he overcame them through with learning new languages and racing for foreign teams and you know it's it's incredible uh it's really been really great hearing him talk about his classics campaign this year which has just been incredible with him being in the breakaway at big monuments and also finishing top 20 at the milan san remo so that's very big and we can't wait for you guys to hear this episode so hope you guys enjoy All right, Mateo, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thanks, boys. I'm excited to uh, chat with you guys. It's fun having you on uh, the Next Stage podcast where uh, we've been keeping you up, keeping up with you, and uh, we'll try to, at least, you know, through watching the races and everything, but it's, uh, it's an honor having such a young legend on the show. <laughs> thanks so much, dude. Thank you. Up-and-coming legend, for sure. Um, so you're... You're in Italy right now, yeah. I'm still in still in France, actually. Uh, okay. I leave tomorrow. We drive down there, so nice. yeah. Is that where you're living right now? Is in France? Yeah, I live in Nice. Uh, with oh Little no Barra. way. Yeah, yeah. No it's, way. Were yeah, you guys able to watch the tour go by? Yeah, I was here. Will was in uh, Bretagne. He was doing Pointe Charente, but I was here, which was pretty sick. It actually the road, the race went right by our apartment. This like the exact road. So oh, nice. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. Was that your first time ever seeing uh, the tour in person? I think it was. Yeah, I might have when I was super young, but I'm almost certain that was the only time I've ever seen it. It was pretty cool. Wow. Like, like what? The whole road was like really closed all day long. And yeah, it's crazy to see what they actually do for <laughs> that, that bike race particularly. Yeah, that's, that must have been crazy. I can't even imagine. I mean, t- that type of atmosphere going through your hometown or where you're living. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was cool. There was, I mean, surprisingly, there were still a bunch of people. Like, everyone kind of went out of their apartment when it came by, and yeah, it was cool to see. I mean, people here in France really actually care about that race, so yeah, it, it's inspiring. That's, yeah, that's way cool, man. That's way cool. So, um, well, like, I think that you're, in, you're the most interesting part of your story is, like, kind of how you've gotten to where you're at now, essentially. Like, you've obviously not gone the traditional the traditional route by any means you've probably gone like the most difficult route of like going through the French system. Mm. Um, what kind of, what led to that, like that pathway for you? Like for those who don't know, like you were on uh AG2R U23 team. Um, yeah. 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 So like, just like kind of talk us through like how, what was that like? How, how, how did you end up in that situation? And then like, I'm sure that being that you did like, were successful there like it's definitely had like a very positive impact on your development 
Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I I tried to go the traditional route. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> sure. I just, uh, yeah, I didn't make what? the team. On, I didn't make it on action that uh, my my last year junior. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, no, I didn't make it. I <laughs> what? That's super, crazy. Super disappointed. Yeah, yeah. I felt like I was the strongest, but I didn't really have results that year, so it's understandable. And some of the other guys had some some better rides and so yeah i mean there was only i think there was only one spot for a junior that year so didn't make it and then at that point it was like it was after worlds when he told me i didn't make it so i was pretty (laughs) pretty stressed and i i did want to go to europe uh i'd already kind of had the idea that year to as a backup plan kind of go to europe and I couldn't find anything in Europe either. I mean, I had not basically no results as a junior that that a European team would would uh, see as valid. So mm-hmm. I I didn't really make it. And then really late that fall, I I was able to get a ride with Danny at Jelly Belly, which was amazing. Uh, and he and I kind of just agreed that like he was going to let me come on the team, but. I was basically going to be, you know, a clubbish rider and race for the national team, like as much as I possibly could that year, mm-hmm. uh, which was optimal for me. I would have rather, uh, you know, raced in Europe. So I, yeah, I got, I got basically the whole spring that spring, my first year under 23 with the national team and uh, got some, yeah, I had a decent ride at Rhone Alps, this smaller race in, in, um, in kind of the the foothills of the alps and it's it's a race that's pretty close to the headquarters of ag2r and the development team for ag2r chambry so that team always kind of shows up at that race like pretty prepared and it's one of their like you know goals of the year and i think i i think i they they noticed me there because it's like their big marquee race kind of their hometown race so uh, I chatted with the director there. Uh, I mean, not in French. I didn't know French at that point at all. Um, it was pretty broken English, but chatted with him there. And then, yeah, throughout, and then I kind of, I actually broke my collarbone at Izar right after that. So I didn't have really anything after that in the season. That's That was, you know, result-wise, I'm super proud of. But I thankfully was did did enough there to get a ride on that team. And, uh, yeah, I just took the leap of faith and just went for it and in France and kind of, uh, changed my mindset to instead of all performance, I just kind of like, was like, all right, this is my ticket and I'll try to learn French and move my way up through this structure. So, yeah, was that pretty, so you didn't speak French when you, when you started, was that 2007, eight, 19, 18, 18, 19? 18, 18. Okay. yeah. yeah. So no, I didn't speak French at all. Yeah. And so then your first year on, on that team was 2019. Exactly. Okay. So you only were there for one year. One year. Yeah. Yeah. One year. I mean, I went there in the fall before because they have the riders come before Uh they're, they're like more dictated by the school season. So they start Uh their like seasons, like kind of right before like September ish. Okay. Yeah. I was there in the fall and then that whole next year. Right on, yeah. And so was that pretty That's like incredible. was that pretty like daunting, like hopping into that kind of environment? <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 man. I mean, I had done as much research as I international riders had gone through the team, and like 
there's no one that's they, they always have kind of like an Aussie or a Brit or they've never had an American, but they they kind of they've had a lot of Aussies through the years and none of them have had success there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was pretty for me. I was like, oh, shit, this is like it's like, yeah, they, they try with these guys, but it's like pretty cutthroat. It's like if, the, if they don't know French, that's the big thing. Then it's like basically everything falls apart. You know, it's like if you can't communicate with the directors or or the other riders on the team it's like suddenly you become misunderstood and then things go bad so I kind of just made that my number one priority uh, in life that fall was to learn French uh, and that thankfully showed up yeah showed up in January speaking decently and it kind of it, it just put me on the right foot like I I showed up like really like all in French. I didn't try to speak English with them and kind of let them know that like you're committed. I yeah, I didn't. I wasn't gonna be like one of these other guys. So yeah, it it, it ended up going super well. Yeah, that's super impressive though. Like at, that's especially at, at where you were like tw- nineteen, twenty. Like to like have that yeah. mindset of like, all right, well here we go. Like full commitment. Super and, mature. Yeah, that's really that's that's really impressive to hear. Um, to see the oh, thank you. see the end game of that and you know to be like oh everyone's fast right now or anybody can ride fast right now it's about me actually then being able to communicate that so yeah, that's yeah. that's i i think that is you know and i do you think you being the only american on that team was actually a benefit because of that where yeah. it then really pushed you because i felt like that was we we struggled with that on bmc where there was me tyler alexi you could always fall back to your american ways basically you know sure. you could fall back where you being an individual on that you had to commit all the way yeah yeah actually i really do think that was big i i roomed with a french kid and i hadn't you know i had no one else to to socialize with other than you know my team of french and luxembourg and and uh you know all french speakers so it was like yeah, pretty sink or swim. And thankfully, I had done my homework that fall because I knew in my mind that it was going to be like pretty much either speak French or you don't speak. But it was like really, uh, it was really like that. I mean, those French guys don't speak a, a word of English. So it was, uh, yeah, I mean, and it ended up being satisfying in the end because it was like a ton of work. But I yeah now it's like I can live in France and speak French and yeah it's amazing. That is crazy. How um, much how much was like uh Larry also going to the big team uh like an influence in, in you going there or helping you like survive in that situation or was there not much overlap? No uh there wasn't any at all. I mean okay. I I was I was committed there before I knew Larry was, was going to AG2R. Uh, eventually we, we linked up. I didn't know Larry at all, but uh-huh. that summer, that summer of 2019, I, I did a camp with Larry right before like Alsace and Avenir in, in at altitude here. And yeah, we've been friends since then. But awesome. before that, I, you know, we didn't really know each other at all. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That's real. So I feel like we just went full gas and everyone's wondering, okay, where did this, this guy all of a sudden does one year in U23s, learns French like that, goes to the pro tour. Like everyone's probably where can you maybe help like tell everyone or maybe a backstory of, you know, where you're from, where you where are you from in the US and kind of how you got into cycling? Because 
Yeah. Uh, I think that's a really good, interesting story as well. So we'd love to, you know, fill those gaps of like, you didn't just come out of the superstar. You, you've been growing and, you know, I've been progressing your whole life. Yeah, 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 for sure. I started cycling super young when I was like, uh, I think I started riding with like my local club in Boise when I was six. I'm from Boise, Idaho. And uh, Will, Barda and I both came out of this small club in Boise. Oh no, shout them out. Yeah, Birds. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Legend- birds. Legendary development team for sure. Dude, it really is. I, really terrified is. to race I mean, them in Idaho. Terrified it. <laughs> oh, you don't come on our turf, dude. I, mean, <laughs> I, no, I remember racing I, your brother, man. Yeah. Yeah, terrifying. yeah. My brother. Terrifying. Yeah, yeah. No, they, he, they had a good run at it, man. I mean, they're still – They, I, I really respect that program because the guy, Douglas Tobin, he, he like, starts off at the, like, absolute base level, like, grassroots. You know, he, he rides, like, every Monday and Thursday with, like, six to ten-year-olds, like – out on the mountain bike trails and i mean you can imagine what a club ride like that is like i mean these kids are crashing and and one kid's like doesn't want to ride his parents made him come or whatever and it's like and it's a grind but he he loves it and so many good riders have come from that young of a like will and i both started i think before 10 years old with them and and they eventually kind of made a a racing program uh as we got older, my brother was kind of like the start of it. And, and so they start, we started going around the country and yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. We had a group of like, I had a group of my peers around me that all were like bike racing, which in America is like the, like doesn't happen, you know, like young kids that, that are riding bikes are not really around their, like their peers also riding bikes. So it was a pretty rare experience. And I like traveled kind of, around you know to these junior races that we all know and uh together with these guys and yeah it just made riding fun and so that's how they you know that's how I stayed in it and uh and yeah eventually I mean I got to got to Europe uh when I was 15 on a Kermes trip with like the Newligan U23 Newligan Kermes program and uh yeah I mean since then I kind of yeah, from 15 to 18, I kind of realized that, like, Europe was the place, you know, I mean, it's what you, what everyone realizes when you go to Europe, it's like, uh, yeah, racing is completely different, and, and uh, yeah, I really liked it, and I realized that if I wanted to become a pro, which not all those guys do, but a lot of them do, it's like, you know, you have to, you probably have to do it through Europe, and so that's what, uh, yeah, that's what, that's what started it. And then you eventually went to uh, Hot Tubes, correct? Yeah, I went to Hot Tubes when I was 16. Yeah, that's okay. another great, great program as well. Yeah, incredible, man. Incredible. Yeah, I mean, definitely need a lot more programs like the Birds Junior Team and uh, the Hot Tubes U23 Team, I feel like. Junior. For sure. Or, yeah, Junior, sorry. Yeah, yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah. For yeah. sure. I mean, those those teams, like – yeah, Lux Hot Tubes. I mean, and, and all the grassroots programs in the U.S. are like the, I mean, they're the they're the centers of of cycling in the U.S. and they're where the majority of, of professional riders come from. So they they deserve a lot more credit than they get. I think. Definitely, definitely. That's that's awesome. Well, uh, when I contacted you, you know, it's been about, uh, it's been you know, 
interesting. You know, you were, you had to get a COVID test done the other day because you were about to start racing. What you're about to start? What Trano coming up? Yeah, here? yeah, yeah. Trano on Monday. We have to uh, we have to do two COVID tests for every race, six days and three days before. So it kind that's, of it gets a crazy. bit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so you did. But... Yeah, you did. Uh, you you uh, did your years with Ajay Desire or AG2R, and I mean, he only did one year. What after that year, you 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 know uh, what what was it kind of like having Movistar come after you, or what was that result that you know they when they contacted you, or how'd you get you know over there? Yeah, I was on Shrubbery last year, and uh, which is the yeah development team for oh, AG2R. And yeah, eventually it came time summerish where I was starting to get some, I mean, they had, they had shown confidence in me by giving me a stagiaire spot because I had had some good rides last spring at Izard and uh, some French, you know, amateur races that no one ever hears about, but there's they're really hard and good, yeah. yeah, yeah, they're really hard. And, um, and so, yeah, they, they showed some confidence by giving me a stagiaire, but that that uh that program is pretty old school in the way that they develop riders they like to wait they basically don't sign anyone pro until their fourth year under 23 so like no matter how good you are uh they like to just wait and keep you in u23 for as long as possible and i think that's great for a lot of those french guys like uh when it's like your home environment and you're around like all your best friends, it's like, uh, yeah, it's like, it's great. I mean, it's optimal. You're doing like lower level races. You have chances to do, you know, chances for, to win. I mean, these guys, like my teammates win so many races. Like it's, it's insane. They, they, they each probably win like at least four races a year. And and the experience of like winning a race is, is super valuable. So I think that that program is great for French guys. But for me, it was like, I don't know. It, it, I, I did learn French and and everything, but it was like it was still foreign and it was still like I they don't get paid on that team at all. So I was like still having to ask my parents for money because it was like I still had to buy food and and <laughs> it was like uh, I I wanted to I had the chance to start my career and and I felt ready for it physically and and uh, so I just I just wanted to do it and and their philosophy didn't really align with that so I. I went with Mobistar in the end, which has been super so far. I mean, we haven't raced much, obviously, because of this year. But um, I'm just glad to have started pro, especially given this year. I, if I had stayed U23, I think I would have really regretted it. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad to have gone pro and and uh, already had some some races that I'm – you know, proud of. And, um, and I think I, I'm shown I'm ready physically for this level. So, yeah, I would say getting top 20 in a 310 case race is uh, you're physically ready. No doubt. You, and you started like <laughs> straight out the gate. Like you, like your first, I, was, I don't know what your first race of the season was, but like, I mean, in Hent Noise Body, you were straight into the breakaway, which is no, yeah. no joke of a race. Um, what yeah, kind of yeah. like, so, I mean, you've had like results in like uh, Rondo's Zard. And Ronald well, I mean races. And yeah, and like even in uh Lavenier last year you were super strong. Like Yeah. So you, what kind of rider do you see yourself as? And I know like 
like it's kind of like the lines are starting to blur. I feel like if you're just like strong, you're, I mean, the lines are blurred, right? If you're strong, you're strong in everything. But yeah, uh, I mean, so far, like last year, you were doing good in climbing races, and now you're like top 20 in San Remo and, and in the break and in the breakaway and had noise blood in the classics. So, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What direction do you see yeah. yourself going? Yeah, the lines are blurred. I think they're really blurred at the U23 level. I mm-hmm. mean, at that level, it's like if you're strong, yeah, you're strong. And, uh, sure like yeah your your physique comes into it but in the end the guys who are you know doing the yeah the guys who are strong show it in the end no matter kind of what race almost uh but yeah last year i mean i think i think the the thing is is that i was my whole junior career i was a pure climber like i was super small uh like under 60 kilos not like tallish I guess for my age but not super tall and uh yeah that's all I could do I didn't have any muscle mass I was like you know all bones and uh yeah I was just a climber and so I kind of like in the last three years my body's changed quite a bit and and I've like gotten a lot taller and finally like started putting a little bit of muscle on and um yeah I mean I just have have uh developed my body has developed a bit so it's yeah it's been changing every year honestly like what i'm what i'm targeting and uh i I think i still love climbing like it's still what i love to do it's why i live in nice i mean there's like not a flat road here i all i do is climb up and down you know mountains all day but yeah i am getting to the point where it's like i'm 1.9 meters and and like 70 kilos so it's like I'm getting to the point where I'm probably in the world tour. The climbing level is so crazy that I don't think there's any way I do seven a kilo for (laughs) how long I need to do it Mm -hmm. to be a good climber in the world tour. But I think it's actually put me in a pretty like optimal place where I'm at now, because it's like, I can do, I can just be strong in a lot of different areas and uh, it's working out well with Movistar because like they typically don't target the classics and so they've given me the opportunity to go to these huge races Mm -hmm. like yeah opening weekend and if the season had continued i'd I'd done all the classics um and you know with with not like some huge leader so it's not like i had to ride the front or or do much of that i for sure have to play a team role uh but in the end i have freedom you know and in most races like san remo i mean it just came down to where a lot of my teammates were just not going that well that day and they you said, survived. Like, yeah. They said, do. And I just looked after myself and got myself my own bottles from the car and, and got the other guys bottles at the same time. But it was like, most of it was just, yeah, me riding my own race. So it's been crazy. To, I mean, to, to have that freedom as a Neo pro in a monument is like, unheard of sure, so nuts. for me it's like yeah it's nuts so it's it's uh pretty amazing being on a team like this and um yeah at this point i don't know what type of rider i am we're still trying to figure it out yeah i mean yeah it'll, great job like those results are already i mean i know you turn you turn so many heads i like just like on i remember seeing twitter like you were just straight in the breakaway i had noise blood and then you followed it up like you know six months later with uh san Remo. Um, mm. oh, I was like, it's kind of interesting hearing your, you say that stuff. Cause so you, you, you for sure don't know this, but like my, when I was like on cycling Academy and then even when I was on action and stuff, like my dream was 
my I had this like weird dream of like being the worst rider on Movie Star. Well, not the worst rider, but you know, like <laughs> I just thought that, I just think the team is so cool and like I think Valverde is yeah. so badass, and I just think that being teammates with Valverde would have been like super rad. Um, like what is man. what is like so i mean he's such a legend like what's it like being in a team with him like you probably i don't know how many races or if you've done any races with him but like what's like i mean he's kind of like the boss of that team it seems like from the outside so like what's it kind of like yeah. what's it like being teammates with him yeah i mean yeah i haven't done any races with him uh i did columbia he i mean he stayed these days he sticks in spain for the early part of the season and yeah, I mean, he is definitely the boss of the team still. Uh, and he, you know, he has, like, these riders around him that do every race with him. And so a lot of, like, the young guys don't really race that much with him. But, yeah, I did uh, – yeah, we we did the training camps together. And we had a camp without bikes in the fall last year and just, to, like, get together and, and um, in, in Pamplona, Spain. And, yeah, it's it's like there's a aura around the guy. I mean, it's it's crazy. Yeah. I uh, I'm a big fan of him, so it's been uh, cool. Yeah, it's like I'm starstruck when I'm around him. But uh, yeah, at the end of the day, he's just he's my teammate now, so it's it's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. But I also like the 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 fact that you have that freedom in the classics when that team is not built around it was that was also like another thing for me is like if i could just get there i could do all the races i wanted because i don't have any big fellas uh, exactly right <laughs> right yeah, was, yeah, yeah. So. was that a big selling point for you like did, did they kind of highlight that for you last year when you signed or did you at that point still not kind of think you were going to be like targeting classics or were you yeah no at, like, at that point i was still like yeah, I mean, they had brought it up, definitely. Uh, just the fact that, like, I can do races where there's not... Like, the, the, the team changed a lot this year, so we kind of lost a few marquee guys, and, and it opened up a lot, and uh, that's why they brought in all these, these young guys. But it was definitely a selling point that I'd have, you know, the uh, ability to do big races. And, and uh, like, Neopros a lot of times don't even get to do these these kind of races you know they, they they stay at lower level races and they ride the front or get bottles and and so yeah it was a huge selling point but i definitely didn't expect to do the classics like i kind of got my schedule in january and was looking at it i was like what the hell yeah <laughs> this is yeah i had never done a i guess i had done like flanders under 23 when i was first gen to 23 but I had didn't ever expect to do the classics. I mean, I was always had the climber mindset since I was pretty young. So yeah, that's, it was, that's a massive crazy. upgrade in your workload and in your stress level. So how did you, I mean, you come from the U23s and then, I mean, the races are doubling in length, I yeah. mean, tripling in hardness or, you know, like just getting crazy hard, way more pressure and stress. How did you, I mean, you're a young guy. How did you, what, co who, do you have a coach or how did you start working with, you know, physically dealing with that? And then also maybe yeah. like mentally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my, I've, I've been coached by Nate Wilson for a few years now, who's uh, a legend. Um, and I really believe in, in kind of in him and uh, we have stuck together even this year. They've allowed me to keep him as a coach, which is, another amazing thing but uh yeah i mean we've steadily 
up to the, I, I wouldn't even say that the difference in workload between last year and this year is that crazy volume wise. I mean, we definitely have stepped up, uh, kind of like weekly hours in general, um, this like last fall and, and during lockdown, especially I, I took lockdown to kind of, I went back to the U S and I just decided, like, I just told Nate, like, let's, let's just try to get ahead a bit of these guys in Europe and, and like do like get just, we have so much time. Like I expected that we wouldn't be racing for a long time. So I just said, let's just take this time and, and get a huge base under me and, um, and hope to come back, you know, with, it was like, it, it would help no matter what, it, even if the season didn't come back, I would I'd be able to have a year where it was not completely lost and I could, you know, still develop physically. So we did some, yeah, we kind of experimented it a bit, did some big, big weeks for me. I mean, not crazy. Were, like, I think my longest was there, but yeah, a lot of training for my age for sure. Um, and yeah, thankfully I've responded to it. I think that's, that's the thing most people don't really realize that it's just kind of like, you kind of just have to slowly work up to it and hope that you, your body, um, your body adapts to the certain workload. And I guess that's where talent comes in or whatever. But um, yeah, thankfully it's, it's, we've done it in a smart way, but I have adapted to it. Yeah, that's well, a it's good, good use of your it's time. Impressive. Yeah, for sure. It, for your age. And I mean, to, like I said, to go from U23, so then straight into Milano San Remo and, you know, get top 20 in that. That's, that's uh, seriously um, remarkable. I mean, it just again shows your maturity level, and just how you, I mean, can see the bigger picture with your training, and it's all it's awesome listening to it. Oh, thank you so much. What's uh? So what's what's the rest of the season got in store? You're going to Torino, and then what's what's on the plan after that? Yeah, I'm going to Torino, um, and I think I'm a reserve for the Giro, but uh, the plan is still classic. Nice. Um, yeah, so all the classics are lined up like straight through October. I think Flesh Wallone starts like maybe the last day of September and then they kind of go like every weekend and Wednesday too throughout all of October. So I'm pretty much lined up for all of them. Flesh, Liege, Flanders, uh, Roubaix, Hent Level again. So yeah, it's crazy. I'm excited for that too. It'll be a weird classic season that late in the fall, but uh yeah hope, hopefully the hopefully it doesn't rain too hard <laughs> yeah has the the team after your result your early results in the classics uh are like already kind of made you a you know a little designated leader for those or you know have they mentioned it like you know anything like that yeah i mean they're definitely impressed i think uh yeah i, I don't think we really are even going in with I mean, we have Jurgen Rollins, who's who's uh, actually a pretty proven uh, Belgian like hitter in the classics. I mean, he can do on his day. He can he can win uh, like these these Belgian classics. So he's probably always going to be the the leader. I I don't think uh, yeah. I think we'll be around him mostly. But at the end of the day, these classics is not like we have. It's not like uh, I'm going to be right in the front or something. So it's mainly looking after him. And, and looking after him also means looking after myself. So it kind of goes both ways. And I can help position him. And I kind of helped him a bit at Kern. And it helped me as well because 
even if I ride in the wind for a little bit and move them up, it's as well at the same time. So, um, yeah, we have a, yeah, we have a pretty open, uh, open setup for the classics, which is awesome. Cool. That's killer. That's killer. So, uh, dude, I, I kind of wanted to talk, I mean, yeah, we've been talking about you and your team, but yeah, I wanted to keep talking, but I think it's, it's a team that's, it's the oldest cycling team in the Peloton. Uh, and what's cool about it and the cool thing about Movistar is, I mean, they did that Netflix documentary and I oh, thought that was so super good. cool. I, I thought, yeah. I thought it was, I thought that was really, you know, what, that, it's what the sport needs to keep doing. It's what every team should be doing, you know, sure. I think. And so when you, when you joined them at the beginning, cause obviously they did that, that year, uh, 2019, uh but did they when you joined like did they have any like social media like type meetings or like to ha- like do they have anything they're working on like that like that's really cool I, I love how they did that are they doing that this year or can you not talk about that stuff or i don't know i, I think that's no, super I mean, cool i agree 100 it was it was really cool i think it was cool because they showed like complete honesty they allowed like people that come totally. in and, and just like, you know, make the, make the movie how, how it wanted to be made and not like they didn't try to control it, which I think was cool. And you saw like exactly what happened there, but I don't know if it's happening this year. I mean, I'm not like doing, not on that grand tour, uh, grand tour squad. So yeah. it could be, but I actually don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, they definitely have meetings with social media and stuff. I think it's difficult with, it's like I don't know. Uh, I'm so young that it's like I don't, and I don't really have marquee results yet. So it's like I don't have the. I could definitely do more. There's no doubt. But it's like I don't have. Um, I don't have like already a following, so I, I don't put that much effort into it myself. But they do have. Uh, we did have meetings at, at camp about it, and uh, they actually have a, you know, an agency that kind of does it, a social media agency that, that helps like the team out with the, with the team's social media and, and the riders getting us like photos and stuff quickly from the races. And, um, yeah, it is something where I need to improve on though. I mean, hopefully I'll, I guess I've just been so focused on like my own performance that I was just hoping that it'd come a little bit and then I could work on it once some people follow me, but I need to, put some more effort in <laughs> probably that's a tough balance i i can relate yeah. yeah when you're when you're having to focus on training for san remo there's not a whole lot of time in the day yeah 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 i mean there is time so, I, i'll be honest I, I have plenty of time <laughs> but yeah I need, to, I need to work on it probably well then what's with that time what what's something a side kind of hobby you got you know something that's interesting people would like to know about you you know besides riding the bike what's What's something you do in your spare time when you can't, you don't have to ride? Yeah, lately I've just been doing Duolingo and trying to learn uh, some Spanish, trying to <laughs> carry my carry my French over to Spanish. Man, I mean, it's supposedly they they everyone says it's not that different, but and it's not that different, but it's uh, it is different. The words are different, so I have to <laughs> I have to put in effort in that in that way. And I do know the organization of the language now because it's basically the same as French and Italian. So uh, it's a lot easier, but I still have to, to work on it because it is still a Spanish team and the staff is 
is Spanish and uh, it helps the house to learn Spanish. So that's, that's what I'm working on now. That's awesome. That's awesome. So uh, what's, uh, what's the goal you have, you know, you're so young, but yeah, you've already, you've already, you know, shown that you can prove and do so much. What as a goal that you've kind of set for yourself or whether it be this year or the upcoming years, where would you like to see yourself in like five years? Yeah, I don't, um, that's a, that's a good question. I think my goal this year was to get a result that shows promise. And I think I, I did that. I mean, that's a bit loose. That that can mean, that can mean about anything, but, uh, yeah, I, I think I met that already, but I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm still, I'm still in good form and I'm hoping, you know, there's still a bit of the season left and I've trained so much this year that it's like, I just want to race as much as I possibly can. But, uh, yeah, in the future, I think, I would love, honestly, I haven't won a bike race in a long time. I think my last win was like Tour of Ireland when I was like 17 with Hot Tubes. So I would love to, yeah, maybe it's a lower level race, but I'd love to win a bike race uh, at some point in the next few years. That would mean a lot. And uh, yeah, it, I, I feel like every time I've gotten close, I've moved to the next level up and uh there's no more levels now so i'm hoping to uh yeah hoping to hoping to kind of yeah prove myself in that way i think it's funny that it's like people who don't really know like would would think like oh you're you're like in the world tour like you must win a lot and it's just like i mean like you could look at like pete stetton's career was like 10 years in the world tour and he never he never won a race yeah you know like it's yeah, yeah, it's yeah. totally possible to do that you can always like even be there thereabouts and never actually win so yeah i think that's exactly it's a good yeah. goal it's a good goal to win Definitely. you just get used <laughs> to seeing the sagans or those guys just winning you know all the time so the public general public they're just so used to like hearing that they don't get it. it's like a 90 percent losing rate yeah well <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. If, if lout wins every race no one else can win oh my gosh yeah, exactly. it's incredible this guy's how, dude how you been us. loving the tour man oh been, my god you saw that from the start how you been yeah, what are your yeah. thoughts or predictions tell tell everyone oh i don't know man i mean it's a crazy tour this year i think i mean we're seeing the effects of having so long you know no racing and i think it it changes things up and uh it's been cool so far i mean there's just there's no like formula this year I feel like and uh, that's the coolest part. I mean I don't know. I think I mean I would say Primo's is gonna win the general, but it's hard to see anyone beating him at this point. But yeah, again in that yeah, third week so you could always you could always uh, come off it a bit. So Alejandro we'll is gonna come back and just dunk on everyone oh, last week. <laughs> no <laughs> way. Sure. Our our boy Sep man, he's gonna lead Primo. That's all true. The way. Man, yeah, our boy true. Seth. Hey, no one can come over the top of Seth. As long dude, as, as, long as can hold Seth's wheel, I think he'll be fine. <laughs> he's been crushing it, dude. That's yeah. awesome. So, well, what a, I mean, so being a classics guy or wanting to kind of maybe target that direction, seeing such a dominant force, like, wow, what have you, and being a young person, what, what have you, because you're, you're so mature and stu- obviously paying attention. What's something you've learned about watching maybe those few stages about wow that you're like, oh man, that's that's crazy, you know, because not a lot of people see those little details like you would. Yeah, I don't know if it's yeah, I mean, he's great at positioning. He's like a master class at that. But I think 
more what I've taken from him is that like I I think I think everyone's a bit too stressed about weight in the world tour at this moment. I think uh I think while showing that power is maybe the most important thing and um I mean he's climbing better than a lot of guys that claim to be G C riders. So I think um I think it's just teaching me that yeah, I think at the end of the day like I mean, for sure, his training volume's huge, and they're doing things right performance-wise at at um, at Yumbo, and he's clearly at like a healthy weight, and uh, I think that's what I've taken from it. I think that's a good analysis, actually. I'd agree, definitely. Yeah. I, I I agree. He reminds me a lot of uh, watching Cancellara, you know, when he would yeah. you know crush it in the classics, and then you'd see this giant with those crazy big like power muscles. Yeah. Crush- yeah. For sure, man. Uh, Andy Schleck and uh, all of them. So it's, I, I think that's awesome that, you know, being a young rider and noticing that because uh, it's easy to get caught up in that weight loss game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's an easy one to fall into for sure. So, dude, well, I, I mean, do you have anything else you'd like to kind of share? I think we maybe start wrapping up or like, do you have any, Yeah, uh, for sure. I, I don't think so. I mean, uh, any advice maybe to, I mean, you're a young athlete, but you're so wise. Any advice to, you know, younger athletes or people who are going to be listening to this? Uh, I think, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys I think suffering this year because of the lack of, I mean, juniors, especially in U23s. And I think, uh, I think my advice would be to keep, keep on the training because even if you know racing's not there you can still progress physically and uh as long as you don't lose sight of that i think you can always come back and find a find another race or or opportunity to show yourself so if you keep uh keep working hard in training yeah something will come of it yeah man are you like 60 years old you're so wise oh my god (laughs) that's no i mean you just want to expect that out of just such a young rider i don't i mean it's so so no appreciate that so so how can how can everyone follow you what's your social media yeah it's just mateo jorgensen on pretty much everything uh strava too i post all my training and racing to strava these days i'm still allowed to do that so awesome yeah follow me there go see how much you're crushing it on the climbs and everything or out there in nice with will (laughs) not crushing very many climbs here i'm getting (laughs) crushed for sure that's awesome much no top tens but (laughs) (laughs) sweet sweet man well thank you so much for coming on it was good to catch up yeah thank you guys so much yeah man catch you later good luck good good luck all right ciao boys bye nice that was awesome, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Great up, great episode with Mateo. That guy is, is super class, super class. Yeah, he's very, yeah, mature. And uh, yeah, he's living my dream. So this is cool to cool to hear <laughs> about it. You know, while I'm just sitting here. Yeah, that was a great episode, and it, it was just interesting, you know, hearing him because you don't hear that often you you know you don't hear a lot of young riders jumping to go 
you know, to a, a, such a foreign team, such a French team where they don't speak any English to then, you know, spend only one year there and then go to the another like all Spanish team. Yeah, I think it's weird because I think as North Americans, like we don't get the um, the insight really into like a team like Movistar, which is like obviously legendary. But like we don't because there's no English speakers on the team. Like no one really knows what, what it's like there. So like, I mean, Valverde seems like the super cool guy. And it's just like, you know, I don't, he hasn't gotten a race with him yet. But I don't know. I think it's like interesting. It's just he's got a awesome uh, opportunity there. And he's obviously like doing a great job of making the most of it. So it's cool. Cool. He's, he's a super great guy. I remember when he actually was racing with the U23 national team, I, I, was, uh, I was with Nate when they did Flanders uh, between, between like Amstel and something. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was cool. Like, I remember when he was on Jelly Belly and super great guy. It's all cool that him and Will, two Boise guys, are, are uh, you know, two now super, living in Nice. Super like great dudes are living in Nice, both in the World Tour from this like you know fairly small like birds development team. That's like props to the grassroots junior teams for putting out guys like that. It's awesome. Yeah, it, it really it's really awesome seeing that and seeing from the same. It shows. I hope I hope this people someone is listening to this podcast and reaches out to birds or whatever and in some way like i don't know if they need like, a spot you know what i mean like it, they they've already put two people in the world tour that's that's incredible and it's a, yeah. as a junior team it just know? shows and, it shows to produce or you know to support your grassroots teams wherever you're from like i mean you look definitely. at look at team yeah. swift like here in santa rosa like i mean yeah i, I was there ryan eastman was there before way before us steven coza there's, you know, Luke Lamperti is about to sign a good U23 contract somewhere. He's, like, from there. So there's, uh, you know, like, there's all these these local these local clubs, like, they, they matter to developing cyclists. Totally, totally. We need more junior teams and need more grassroots teams like that. That's for sure. But, yeah, I thought it was a great podcast, great episode. Loved having him on. Super pleasure. It was funny when I asked him, uh, if he'd want to join the uh, have, do an episode with us, he was listening to uh, the episode with Sylvan. So he was like, Oh, dude, what a funny coincidence! Just listening to your guys' podcast. So that's pretty cool that it's gotten around all you know, he's actually listening to it. Uh, so yeah, it was it was awesome. A pleasure having him on, an honor. Uh, just keeps adding the calibers to our little show, you know. So it's pretty cool having someone that's already top 20 in the biggest i mean one of the coolest monuments to milan san remo so uh really really cool yeah yeah awesome well uh, Well, t will what's uh what's anything to close this up well you know what's what's uh anything new with you well t minus four weeks so baby time so no it's getting close counting the days now and it's getting close watching the tour watching the tour we'll do a tour tour recap first week recap right we're gonna do that yeah we're gonna do a so, first recap this sunday talk to you know talk, give our thoughts what we think i have it's all pretty... kinds of i have a big rant ready so I oh just, uh... i meet me you know me i i, I don't want to jump to conclusions but i just i don't I get to, to talk I don't get about to, it i don't get to get on too many rants on this podcast but <laughs> yeah that's i have i have uh you know if people want to hear me complain then then they'll definitely hear it on, on that. It'll be so. a good therapy for us to just yeah. release. To yeah. Just release. And it's pretty cool, you know, just also seeing and knowing so many guys in the race 
that'll just be fun to talk and kind of digest it and talk about what our thoughts are. And again, we have no connection to anything. So we'll just rant all the way, you know, down to town. So we can't wait for it. But uh, yeah. So yeah, for me, Imaginary Collective, uh, we got, looks like actually the BWR Cedar City is going to happen. And that's October 17th. And so right now that's our next big objective so we're getting our brand new gravel bikes which is the new factor ls we're getting that already uh you know you know with me i like to take my time with building those builds and making them special i don't strip down my old bike and put it on the new parts so we're excited for the bwr happening happening in october and to just be you know in my hometown cedar city so i can't wait for that so uh, are we expecting like i'm 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 thinking you know you've been putting in some pretty good training so what do we think i've been like, putting it in we're thinking like top 10 i i'm yeah top 10 uh, that would be an awesome goal uh, uh, I think that's, that's a good that, goal. i'm gonna i'm gonna hold I'll you to that top 10 goal all right cool but, Let's well, we go. gotta we gotta get we gotta get everyone out for this though we gotta get alexi we gotta message everyone to come uh, out you know have it would be a good time it's gonna be a crazy race yeah it's gonna be nuts I'd, I'd uh, come, I, but I quit racing in altitude, so I don't. <laughs> I'm done with that. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be busy changing I'm diapers busy, all night yeah. too. Yeah. You're gonna be too tired for that. But yeah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's it's. Been, I've been real motivated, training hard, and uh, like I said, I've been riding a lot of Zwift. So if you guys see me on Zwift, I I try. I wanted to try making uh the what is it the Bahati's Eldo crit. Oh, dude, that was that was my uh, that was my grind all all dude. Like, early summer man that's the things oh. <laughs> I, I, I was man. hanging out at bahati's house last let's see last week or two weeks ago and uh he was telling me like because he had on that shirt and i was like i think i've seen that and i recognized it from zwift i didn't know it was actually a real race that uh happens and uh yeah so he told me to hit it up on every tuesday night but uh, sometimes you get busy cooking dinner and stuff like that, but I hoping to make it this next week. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So join yeah. us on the Eldo crit. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sweet man. But, well, awesome. Well, thanks everyone. And, uh, you know, go share our podcast. We've gotten a lot of cool feedback and, uh, yeah. Let us know for future guests or future comments and appreciate the love and everyone, uh, go have fun. Go ride your bike. Yeah. Ciao. Ciao.